The goal, explain the 1990s in exactly 60 songs. The result, we did it. I'm Rob Arvilla. I host 60 songs that explain the 90s, which has indeed covered 60 fantastic songs thus far from Tupac to Radiohead to TLC. So let's do 30 more. Let's do 90 songs. No, we're not changing the name. More rad songs, more special guests, more astute critical analysis, more loopy nostalgic exuberance. That's 60 songs that explain the 90s every Wednesday only on Spotify. Apple Card is the perfect cash back rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase, every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co forward slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch, subject to credit approval, terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. I'm Sean Fennessy, and this is the Prestige TV Podcast. Today, we're talking about the third episode of the third season of Barry, and we're doing so with the star and co-creator of the show, Bill Hader. Let's dive into our chat. We're back recapping Barry, season three, episode three, Ben Mendelsohn is the name of the yeah. episode. We're here with Bill Hader. Bill, um, I want to talk about Ben Mendelsohn and all the really funny jokes in this episode, but I, I am wondering, having gotten to the end of it, is this show still a comedy in your eyes? <laughs> I never see it as like a comedy or a drama or anything. You know, it's just kind of, it's a comedy by the virtue that it's 30 minutes, you know? Mm-hmm. Um and there's some very funny stuff in it, but when you're trying to write, do things and make it feel uh, truthful, you know, it's going to, you know, it's kind of like what we were talking about in the last episode, that scene of Barry and Kusno on the couch, you know, there was the version of that that was funny. And then there's the version of it that's like, well, this is probably the more truer version of it, you know? And, um, and so you're constantly, you know, trying to do that and, and, and seeing what, which, and sometimes we go too far one way and we'll start to dial it back in the performance or in the writing or even in the editing where it's like, well, let's just cut from here to here. So we, you know, this part is feeling a little too raw, you know, and the same with the comedy. Sometimes we do stuff that's just too broad and then we try to, we take it back. So at the start of this episode, it seems like all the characters are, desperately trying to hold things together. You know, Barry and Gene are going to perform together on this TV show, Laws of Humanity, incredible title. 
Um, <laughs> Hank and the Chechens, they have to respond to the Bolivians raid that we saw in the last episode. Sally has to promote her show in the face of this pushed up release date. And Barry is kind of melting down. Fuchs has to potentially face his fate. Um, when you're when you're building out episodes, are you looking for the characters to kind of be aligned thematically or like the tension that they're feeling now that the cast has gotten to the place where it is? Yeah, I mean, it, that kind of happens with each draft, you know, where we will kind of go, well, what's everybody going through and is this interesting or not? And, you know, I think earlier, one of the, I think maybe the first episode of this, we talked about how I, uh, we did reshoots, you know, cause we, we wrote things wrong <laughs> and, uh, or specifically I wrote things really wrong in some instances. <laughs> so I'll put blame. I'll take all the blame, but you know, and that, ep- and this episode has a couple of things that were just not, you know, it wasn't really on target. And, and one was, uh, the Hank, stuff in this you know the, the way you see noho hank and they're they're in the tent and it's like we've been hit and he's like we gotta you know uh, activate the patsy and all that initially it was about hank feeling like he had to tell the other two guys that he was in a relationship with Cristobal. Because when we decided that we wanted to do that, we thought it was interesting that he would have to like come out to those guys. And this is what I mean by like, you go, oh, that's an interesting scene. Let's write that scene. And it was interesting and, and their, their acceptance of him. And, and it was kind of funny how they were like, yeah, no shit and all that stuff. But it wasn't on target for what the, episode was so it's like it was shot and then you saw it and then it really took Allie Greer and Frankie Gutman or editors who were like so why aren't wouldn't they be freaked out because they were just hit in the last episode and it was like you're right (laughs) uh yeah you're right yeah why are we talking about this you know and the and it happened with Sally's uh um stuff as well where it, it it was just all, it was just the same joke kind of over and over again of her sitting there tired, getting, you know, all these people coming in, asking her the same question over and over. And then I think the thing that we had in there was that Darcy Carden's character goes, well, look, why can't you just do this? And she brings up her laptop and it's the woman from Pam at a, at a, at a, at the doing press and she's like drinking a thing and she's like, what's up bitches? You know, she was just, <laughs> and like, it's the same interviewers and they're laughing and I have a great time. Cause she's like a party and Sally's like, I'm not like that. I'm not, you know, this is, I'm a serious artist and all this stuff. And, um, when you saw it cut together, it just kind of laid there. It was kind of like, this isn't really her problem. Like, it seems like she's not threatened by Pam or anything it seems like she just wants to promote the show it seems like now the issue is is uh and again this is the editors talking is like isn't more the issue Katie seeing what had happened with Barry yelling at her and shouldn't that be kind of more of like and I remember Emma Barry saying I I feel like what I want here is a scene between Katie and Natalie because Natalie knows Barry and she's like hey what 
I'm, I'm afraid of Barry, you know? And it was like, yeah, you guys are a hundred percent right. You know, we just, we got caught up in the idea of, oh, this is so funny. Like it's, it's a whole thing is less is more, you know, it was just the same joke over and over and over again. And, um, and so we cut, we cut it all. We cut it to those, you know, it's like two people and one person off camera, you know? Um, I feel like we hear about reshoots on like Marvel movies and oh, Jurassic yeah. Park movies, but we don't really hear about it on series television or smaller dramas or things like that. I mean, does it, do you risk big pieces kind of falling out of place and things getting tangled and messed up when you start doing that kind of work after you've completed a season? No, it's the opposite. You're, you're, you're solidifying it. You're, you're, it's kind of like you shot it and then you put it together and you realize like, oh, these things I thought were important are not important. They're like on their own interesting scenes, but they're not part of the, the arc. You just, it's stuff you don't care about. Like you're asking the question of, um, well, you know, Oblivion hit the Chechens. What's going to happen? Barry mm-hmm. yelled at Sally. What's Katie going to do? Like, these are the questions everybody's asking themselves and not, um, you know, like how, how are y- Yondar and Akmal going to take it when they find out Hank is, is gay? You know what I mean? Like it's a nice sweet scene, but it didn't, it didn't push the story forward, you know? So, um, yeah, it was like we reshot all that and then uh and then sh- you know reshot stuff like the scene with Natalie and Katie and then Katie afterwards when the woman's talking to her and it's like oh so Sally is in a new relationship, you know, and 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 it became that storyline became Katie's story, you know, much less than Sally's story, you know. Um one one question I was asking myself as I was watching this episode is do you guys discuss how far is too far with Barry murdering people not because of the violence or anything like that but because at a certain point there would be like an APB for a serial killer in Los Angeles like he's, mur- <laughs> he's killed a lot of people at this point and he by the end of the episode you see him going back to it like he's going to take on more work yeah I think it's because uh, for the most part, with the exception of those two guys at the beginning, and then it's all crime based. So it's mm-hmm. all people who, you know, it's the monastery. Those are all criminals. That's a heroin deal going wrong. You know uh, that. So that that was always kind of the thing of like it's people who were kind of already in a thing, you know. And then you know, Chris is a suicide as far mm-hmm. as everybody's concerned. Janice Moss is because she was, you know, for everybody's concern is the Chechens, you know, so he's been able to kind of cover his tracks, but this season by him killing those two guys at the beginning, you know, that, and, but they're buried, you know, they're up, they, they, they dug their own hole and then he shoots them and, you know, I assume they're, you know, they're never going to find those two guys, you know? (laughs) And so, uh, so yeah, you know, he's it it, dev, it like on a logic level it never bumped me. The thing that does bump me is when he's doing stuff outside 
uh, Ronnie Lilly episode, we had him in a mask and stuff because he had to be hiding himself because that that would be bad, you know? Right. And that also is twofold. It works well because then I don't have to do stunts because I would like break my back immediately. But, uh, <laughs> but, but it, it is true though. Like that's more of a thing of like, okay, well there'd be cameras everywhere and people would see it and stuff like that, you know? But, um, again, from all the true crime I watch, uh, people can murder a lot of people. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone Fair like, point. Wait, is this the same guy? <laughs> I don't know. Um, One of the things that, um, you know, there's the the old trope about how in movies people have to change to finish the story and in TV people never change. The characters have to stay the same in order to keep yeah. the show kind of on its feet. And th- one of the things that's been interesting about Barry this season is it feels like a lot of the characters are kind of regressing or returning to you know their bad habits or who they always yeah. were and yeah. i mean do you, do you, have you guys been talking about that and because i'm trying to figure out for barry in particular is it like is him killing people like addiction is it just a kind of fundamental part of him at this point how much have you guys thought through some of those things well that's kind of the big question you know that was a big question in season two like is this a part of me you know and and uh and and can I get rid of this thing that is just can I change my nature? Is this just a, a thing that this is a thing that that gave me acceptance for the first time, gave me a community for the first time? So, you know, I think that that was more of a of an idea in in, the, in that you know case. But I don't think uh, um, yeah, it's a, it's a question we ask ourselves over and over again. You know, I think right now this season, it's more about surviving and more about, it's more of a necessity, you know, it's like, here's the thing I'm good at is killing people. So beginning of the season, it's, it's like, and at the end of this episode, it's like a resigned thing of like, well, this is what I'm good at. So, you know, forget it. Like, I, like, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm hurting myself, but you know, it's kind of like a alcoholic, you know, it's just kind of like, I'm going back to this thing. Cause this is, you know, or maybe that's not a good example. I remember one time someone was like, oh yeah, it's like someone who's a classically strained, like, like trained actor who then moonlights and keeps it secret that they strip, you know, mm. and, and that like this, this thing that they did for art and brought them a lot of joy and everything. Now they're doing it in this kind of way that makes them feel uh, bad about themselves. Not saying that all strippers feel bad about themselves, but I'm saying for for a specific person, you know? And so that, that was one thing where it's, it was kind of just like, what am I doing? You know, but anytime he does that, I always feel like that's where he's at his lowest where it's like, okay, I'll take a job. You know, that's when he's, Hmm. He, um, there's no hope in him. I have to be honest with you as I was um, thinking about doing this and I saw this episode and saw the uh, very, very funny disdain for junketeering and promoting <laughs> things. Um, I got a little bit, a little bit of, you know, self-loathing going on. And uh, it's like, it's a, it's a weird, it's a weird thing, right? We can talk about how weird it is when you're promoting something as you are promoting the new season of your show to be constantly confronted with strangers who act like they know you and who ask you stupid questions like who should be the next Spider-Man. 
I assume yeah. that this is ripped so much from a lot of your experiences. Well, yeah, it's very much from experiences I've had. But I don't consider what you do that because I've I've been interviewed by by you a couple of times, and this is like an actual interview. You know what I mean? This is like you're very thoughtful. But wait, but but wait, who should be the next Spider Man though? Oh Jesus Christ! Forget it. <laughs> no, but uh, I think Ben Mendelsohn would be good. Um, but I think uh, it, it's like. Oh, but you're very, you're very thoughtful. And, you know, it's like when I do, you know, certain podcasts and things like that, it's a different thing. Those, those junkets, the people have five minutes, you know, and, you know, and so when they go in, it is like a machine. Hi, how are you? You know, uh, hi, how's it going? Um, so, you know, for this season so far, it's like, so, um, uh, what's Barry's deal? <laughs> you know shit uh, i gotta cross that question off my list what's the <laughs> what's henry winkler like um did the pandemic affect things and you go oh, yeah or like when i did it too it was like hey read uh did you read the book i could i, I just knew it by rote they didn't have to speak english it was like did you read the book um did you see the first movie when I did Trainwreck, it was, what was it like working with LeBron James? It was like, was LeBron James fun? And I just, I got it. You know, you get asked those questions a billion times. You just, you know, you lose your mind. Um, I always just wondered, I always ask, I'm like, why can't this just be one big press conference? And they ask mm-hmm. the question, you see me, and they said, no, it's all about exclusivity. It's them with you. We got to sit down exclusively with the person. And um, I need to feel special, Bill. I need to yeah, feel no, like I got something you're special. Different. You're you're different. What you guys do at the ringer is different. I'm talking about, <laughs> you know, you know, it, it is that thing of the, the Spider-Man thing came specifically from I was promoting skeleton twins and someone asked me about suicide because my character tries to commit suicide in that movie and uh and then said uh cut me off as I was trying to give a thoughtful answer. And, uh, and he said, uh, Oh, I'm running out of time. Uh, real quick. What do you think about Ben Affleck as, ba- as Batman? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, so it's, Oh my God. Like Jesus Christ. It's really tough. Um, let's talk a little bit more about, about this episode of the show. Um, obviously, Fuchs is still in Chechnya and they want him back to what is it? Activate the Patsy? Is that the phrase? Yeah, activate the Patsy. Yeah. So they 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 made him go to to Chechnya uh so they could use him as a Patsy when in case anything bad happens. And they they tell everybody that he's the the Raven, this like Chechen assassin that no one believes. Everybody immediately because the, the name's so stupid that no one believes it. And then uh and then, um, <laughs> and then what ends up happening is they think they're just going to put him on ice up in Chechnya. But then what happens is he like gets really, he falls in love and loves and loves goats. He's really, you know, <laughs> becomes like a goat herder. Um, uh, I love the idea of that happening. Do you, do, is there a part of you that dreams about like wandering off to an Eastern European no, nation? No, and, no. <laughs> No, but his thing is like, yeah, it's where the universe kind of wants him. You know, it's mm-hmm. like, wow, this is happening. And all he has to do is not be mad at Barry. All he has to do 
is have no Hank say, yeah, last time I saw Barry, he was on bad term. He was on bad, you know, he was in a bad place, you know, really fucked up. And, and he's like, no, I'm happy here, man. I'll see you later. And that's, if he just, if Fuchs did that, he'd be great, you know, but it's like, you can't, it's just, but that anger comes out of love, you know, when you care about somebody or something, that's when that comes out, you know? And so, yeah, I love that was that was my I love doing that scene with Steven where he calls when we yell at each other on the phone. It was just so fun, you know. And uh <laughs> uh Emily Heller had the line, maybe I'm at the zoo with my new best friend. <laughs> <laughs> I I always I think of of Fuchs and Barry as kind of the Sam and Diane of this show. You know, there is this yeah. kind of like, will they or won't they yeah, right. patch it up, get back together? Yeah, they right, they right. are the ones that are kind of faded for each other that I always liked. Um, is it is it weird to not have Steven like in, in your face through the first few episodes of the show? It feels like yeah, that's been a little yeah, bit different from sure. how the first two seasons yeah. were. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, because it just worked out that way that he would be far away. and um, But yeah, I mean, he's one of my favorite actors, so getting to work with him has just been such a treat. But he's he adds so much to that character that's not on the page. Just like his the way he moves, and the and and this season again, his kind of like there's a vulnerability to him this season. You know, like he's really hurt by Barry. You know, I'd be remiss if I did not say the words Mark Paul Gossler uh, in our oh, conversation. Yeah. Um, that was M- cool. MPG. Yeah, that was why, cool. why, why, why him? I just our casting, our casting director, uh, Sherry Thomas said, "What about, what about him?" You know, and I just was like, "Oh my god, yeah, that'd be great." Would he do it? You know, and he did, and he was great. He was so funny, and he totally played it straight. And I just thought he was wonderful. He's a he's a great guy. We we had a lot of fun shooting that day. It's a pretty critical scene, obviously, the decision that um, that Gene makes in playing the scene. And I'm still trying to wrap my head around it. I'm still trying to wrap my head. I haven't watched ahead. I don't know what's coming next on this show. Oh, yeah. And, you know, yeah, that, he, the decision to punch him. Barry. Yeah. Again, yeah, it's like you go, it'd be really good for him to be strong here. You know, and then he kind of immediately goes, oh, my God, what did I do? (laughs) You know, Um, but that that was important, you know, that that uh, that I think the one of the most important scenes of the whole series is us in the in the trailer where he says, did she suffer? And and Barry saying, look, we've both done bad things and, you know. And, and again, it's like, you can't, there's nothing interesting about Kusuno. Kusuno is like, he's a narcissist and all these things, but you know, you see that he actually does love his son and grandson very much. And that love incites violence. Do you know what I mean? To protect them it pushes him to that place. And I think that's a thing that you keep seeing over and over again this season, you know, and even later episodes of like intense love can push very 
nonviolent people to violence. And it's a thing I ask about myself. I think the writers, we talk about it. The actors, we talk about it. Like, I don't consider myself a violent person, but, you know, uh, if somebody, you know, was hurting somebody I love, like, I don't, yeah, I don't know what I would do, you know, I, you know, so that is always an interesting question to me. The, the inherent violence in people has always been a thing that scares me, you know, that's a thing like that makes me a bit anxious and, um, and and but I, I also have a fascination of it, you know what I mean? Um, and so, so I think that that that's what you're seeing in there is it's like, a, you know, it's very primal. You know, you see this guy who's just so narcissistic and he's such a dick. And then he, you realize how much he, if you push him in a corner about, you know, he threat, you threaten his son and grandson and you kill the love of his life, even. Kusino in a moment will strike out, you know, and and um, and then almost immediately when he calms down, realizing that maybe he just signed his death warrant, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. which that was a reshoot. That was a thing that when we watched it all cut together, we went, you know, it'd be really nice to see him kind of realize what the fuck did I just do? You know, we don't really know how he feels. You know, it just ended with that scene. And then you went on to the next scene. And you're like, well, what's going on with Kusuno? You know? And so, so yeah, we added that scene of him storming off and then kind of having a realization, like, what have I done? Let me ask you one last thing about this episode. So it, you know, it ends with the, this fable that is shared with, with Fuchs about this stolen farmland and the, the people who are turned into Panthers and this idea of, you know, uh, retribution versus grace. And, um, you know, it's not a cliffhanger, but it is kind of a cliffhanger. It's obviously a tease for what's to come and what Fuchs takes from that story. So I wanted to ask you about like writing the end of episodes because it seems like a hard thing to do. And you, your show, I always get to the end and I'm like, fuck, like, that's what I say when the episode ends, you know, I'm like, oh, that was good. You know? Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, when you're, you're working out the story. A lot of times I'm up at a whiteboard and everybody's kind of watching me and I'm kind of just putting scenes kind of haphazardly in order. And then just something, and again, it's like kind of by feel, you just go, oh, it'd be great to end right here, you know? And sometimes there's more to it. And then we go, you know, sometimes the outline will have another scene and then you're writing it and you're feeling it out and you go, you know what, it should end here. You know, it just feels right. And this episode's actually pretty short. And I think, you know, I think that might have happened with this where it was like you heard Fuchs's story and then there was some other stuff that kind of got pushed over into episode four. It kind of just felt like, oh, this is more of a yeah, cliffhanger and you're asking yourself a question and he seemed to have made a decision that's kind of making you a little bit off, uh, a little bit, you know, hopefully nervous. Um, but that, that tends to, you know, again, it's just what's going to happen next, you know, and also what has like a feeling of, um, um, of what you're describing, 
of that, you know, you, you want to, I like that. I love when stuff does that, you know, when you just are like, Oh my God, you know, <laughs> I mean, I, one of my favorite endings to a movie is, um, a serious man, you know, like oh my, you God. See that, my favorite you see, of all time. Yeah. You see that tornado coming and, and then it's like, Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> and then cut. And then you cut to black, you know, you, you know, you, it, 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 it brings up, yeah, it just gives you a feeling that's really, you know, uh, I just love that, you know, and I think it's just kind of, those are the things I enjoy, but, you know, I, I, and again, the editors are very good at that too. Frankie and Allie, they, they walk through and make sure that, um, these things are all landing. And, and another per- big person that's about the endings that help is Dave Wingo, our composer, because he can kind of modulate it a bit with music and hit those cues just right. So it feels like it gives you that feeling, you know, it's really, it's, it's really working. Um, that, I, that actress did a great job. She came in on one day and had to do a whole monologue. You just come in, you, I mean, that's a lot to give somebody who, you know, is doing kind of a small part and she just knocked it out of the park. And then, uh, and then I also, in this episode, my favorite scene in it, well, I love the scene with me and Henry uh, a lot, the, the scene of us in the trailer, but uh, I thought Alec did a great job directing that. And um, But I, I, I love the scene between Darcy and uh, Natalie and, and Katie, where she's saying, <laughs> where she's like, oh, Barry, you know, he yelled at us a couple of times <laughs> and I think he, I guess he killed a bunch of people in some war <laughs> and just the look on Elsie's face. I laugh so, so hard every time that happens where she's like, and that's I also got to give props to both those actors. I mean, obviously, but Elsie's so funny cause she knows, you know, the look on her face, you know, she knows to turn out at the end and look concerned. Like that's all just, you know, she just knows how to play to the camera. And the same thing with Darcy, she knows to write as she's about to go out of frame to hit like he, you know, her timing. I remember after we shot that, we we walked away and we're like, man, Darcy Carden's timing is impeccable. And that is something you can't teach. Like she just understands exactly like, just watch that scene again and watch her timing and that she knows she's timing it specifically for a shot. Um, that the camera is moving in and she knows when she is and off when she's off camera, you know, um, it's pretty remarkable. I mean, I think power of really, good casting too, though. I mean, you got her pre yeah. the good place and now she's a person that everybody loves. And now you have her on your show in this role. Yeah. It's kind of genius. Well, she was my, she was our nanny, you know, forever. Oh, Darcy. right. I, yeah, yeah, you had told that. Yeah. But Darcy's like family to me, her and her husband, Jason are just, like family to me and, you know, Maggie Carey and and our children. And so, you know, they're, they're a huge, huge part of our our lives. So to me, it's like working with a member of my my family, but it it is just totally insane when she, when I, when we were watching that, even at the monitors, I mean, I was crying laughing (laughs) because it is so, you know, and it's also, again, it helps in that thing of like the excuses people make for this kind of shit. You know, where it's like, oh, I wouldn't worry about him. He's great. I mean, he did yell at us a couple of times. 
You know, again, it's this idea of consequences. Like Barry doesn't think about the consequences of like, oh yeah, season one, he yelled at everybody. <laughs> and like, he screamed at everybody during that Macbeth thing. And it's like, oh yeah, he did do that. But he's, oh, he, and, and also she says a very important line in that is she keeps him around because, he, you know, he treats her like a star, you know? And that's like a very important thing I think about People are always like, why are they together? And it's like, you know, in season one, when when Barry comes up to Sally and she goes, do you think I'm going to be a star? And he says, like, mm. a movie star? Like, absolutely. And then she kisses him. That's the first time they kiss. I mean, that's that 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 kind of tells you what it is. He's never seen. He thinks she's the greatest actress who's ever lived because he's never seen or known an actress before, you know, and she is really talented, but he's just kind of in awe of her in that way, you know? And I think that, you know, she, she needs that on some level, you know? So it's like, bring me flowers at work, you know, look at, you know, it's like keeping up appearances and, and, um, yeah. Bill, you treated me like a star on this pod. Oh, thank you, Sean. Well, uh, we'll be back with episode four next week. Thank oh, you, man. Boy. Bye guys. Thanks to Bill Hader. Thanks to our producer, Bobby Wagner, for his work on today's episode. If you dug this conversation, please join us right here next Sunday on the Prestige TV pod. Bill and I will be back to talk about episode four of Barry's third season. We'll see you then. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.